Thank you for downloading or podcasting this track. This recording has been remastered to provide the best sound possible given the audio environment of the original recording session. Mosaic Silver Spring is a faith community located just inside the Capitol Beltway in Montgomery County. For more information, please visit our website, www.mosaicsilverspring.org, and we'll see you in the neighborhood. Good morning, Mosaic. My name is Michelle, and I'll be doing the scripture reading for today. Today's scripture reading is from the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said. And among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for salvation that is offered to us. I thank you that you are a good and gracious and mighty God who saves those who call upon your name. Father, I pray that you would bless Pastor Joel this morning as he preaches on this passage from the book of Joel. Lord God, I pray that you would bless him with wisdom and that you would bless us by opening our ears and our hearts to be receptive to your wisdom. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Michelle, for your scripture reading and prayer. Well, when uh, the pandemic, COVID-19, was unfolding and impacting uh, not only us individually, but our community as a whole, I remember thinking, uh, when is the fix going to come? Like, well, what are the possible ways out of this? And the initial forecasts were pretty long. As people looked back at the history of things like vaccine development, numbers like five years would get dropped by uh, infectious disease experts and people who knew the history very well. There was the sense that it would take time to develop a vaccine, and then it would take time to test that vaccine, and then it certainly would take time to get a vaccine out. And uh, so it was quite a pleasant surprise as a number of companies uh, working in partnerships with a variety of governments uh, were able to uh, rapidly reduce that time frame and uh, bring about the development of vaccines that then could get tested and as best as scientists could tell, uh, could safely be deployed in communities. And then that seemed like that moved us to like a new phase, which was a watch and wait phase because uh, the initial recipients of the few vaccines that had become available were those who were most at risk. 
So those who were older and I think faced a much more significant risk of, uh, of uh, complications or even death if they were to get uh, coronavirus, uh, they received those first doses. And then people like healthcare workers who were on the front lines in uh, the, the facing the greatest exposure, they were getting vaccines. So at that time, uh, it just felt so distant. It was like, okay, here's this thing. Uh, but it was very, very limited in terms of who would have access to it. And so when Governor Hogan here in the state of Maryland uh, just in recent days announced that there would be a rapid expansion over who could now receive the vaccine, anyone ages 16 and older, no matter uh, what you did for a living, uh, no matter how much risk you faced uh, vocationally or how you went about your day, uh, no matter your age, uh, no matter where you lived, that uh, cross the state of Maryland, you would now have access to this vaccine in a fairly short amount of time. Who can go? Who can have this glimmer of hope uh, in the midst of the pandemic just rapidly expanded and opened up so that now in the state of Maryland, there's like record numbers of vaccines being handed out. Well, that pivot, that turn, that sense of expectation is what the prophet Joel is talking about. Uh, the people of God had been facing not the coronavirus, but a pandemic of idolatry and oppression. The people of God had been pressed in on, not by some infectious disease, but by the reality of uh, other nations coming in and oppressing them pushing in on them. And it wasn't just an external evil that they faced. It was an internal evil, internal in their own hearts, people in power, leaders, even religious authorities, people you would expect should know better, would use their power and resources to take advantage of the poor or widows, children, the marginalized, anyone they could. And that dynamic of outward evil pressing in on them and uh, inward evil working out in their midst, that's what the prophet Joel is speaking into. So that when he arrives on the scene, he, in a way that's fluent with all of God's, God's promises in the Old Testament, he is bringing news of God's future rapid expansion of his presence with his people, that his spirit would be poured out, that God would restore the land and the people who had been pressed in on, who had been victimized, who had struggled, who had had things taken away from them. God is going to restore those things. But moreover, as he moves into this section of his letter or book, he talks about God himself being present. And it's that presence, that future-looking hope, that rapid expansion of God's spirit with and in his people that we are going to look at today as we kick off our series on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do that in two points. First, the expansion of the spirit, where we look at verses 27 and 28, I'm sorry, 28 and 29. And then we'll look at access to the spirit. So verses 30 through 32. 
All right, well, Joel sets the table in verse 27. He writes and says, You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God, the God who had made those covenantal promises. I'm the God who created the world. I'm the God who redeemed you from uh, captivity in the land of Egypt. I'm the God who delivered you into the promised land. I am the Lord your God, and there is none else. And my people shall never again be put to shame. The glimmer of hope that is going to turn to this rapid expansion starts with God's character and work. The Lord God himself and no one else is the one who will provide and deliver his people. And so as the prophet Joel begins to unpack this, he describes it as a rapid expansion of his spirit. So in verse 28, he writes, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophecy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. So if you think back, uh, like vaccines, when uh, they initially came out and had a very specific purpose for a very set few number of people, but now that has rapidly expanded to virtually anyone, that is how the people of God up to this point uh, that the prophet Joel's writing to, that's how they viewed the Spirit of God working. So if you would have asked, does the Spirit of God uh, impact his people? They would have said, oh, absolutely. They were familiar with all the stories of prophets of old, uh, even some of the stories that we considered as a church when we looked at First and Second Kings. They knew those stories, but they would say, but it's a very, very select few people. Uh, so it's just people in that prophet range, people who are being used by God at a specific time. So it may be a king. It may be a, a man called by God for a specific purpose. But that's who had that kind of access and presence to God himself. It was the select few. And uh, people could even get jealous over that. There is a story in the book of Numbers where uh, two men uh, ha seemingly have been gifted the Spirit of God and are using it to prophesy, and uh, they come to Moses and express concern. Whoa, whoa, Moses, hey, who are those two guys over there? They seem to be claiming this unique and special Spirit of God. Even Joshua, Moses' lieutenant, so to speak, his heir apparent, raises this question. And Moses, in Numbers, uh, in the book of Numbers, chapter 12, he uh, almost, uh, in a way of foreshadowing, says, would it be that the Spirit of God would dwell on all people? Moses almost rhetorically opens up and says, let's not limit it to just a select few. What if everyone could enjoy and use the Spirit of God in their lives and how they operate it. And so here Joel, as he looks forward, the prophet Joel is saying, this is what it's going to look like when God pours out his Spirit. 
that it shall come to pass that he will pour it out on all flesh. And he unpacks that in specific ways, daughters and old men and young men and servants. There is going to be no barriers. There's not going to be some select few. It will be a rapid expansion. Any and all, as wide as you can think about it, will receive God's spirit. God will dwell with his people in an expansive way that has up to this point never been known. And the people can only imagine. That reduction of barriers is how we today operate in light of God's promises and in light of what God has done. So for us as a people of God who are now uh, living on this side of Jesus's resurrection, we uh, don't look back in the ways that they would have and think of the Spirit of God as being an opportunity or hope or a gift for the select few. Uh, there's a danger to falling into that old pattern of thinking. Rather for us today, we have to reorient ourselves to the reality of this expanded access for God's spirit. It's not dependent on uh, your education levels, on your zip code, on your social standing, on your gender, on your past experience, on anything else. And so if you are watching Liturgy Live for the first time and you're thinking, hey, the spirit of God, that sounds like great stuff. But if you knew who I am and some of the things I've done, you'll know surely I'm disqualified. The prophet Joel says to you, no, you are qualified. And if, on the other hand, you've been in church your whole life and you feel like you've always done it right, and so the Spirit of God is some sort of badge that you get to wear as a mark of all your years of faithfulness, the prophet Joel would say, great job on that faithfulness, but that's not how God pours his Spirit out. When God pours his Spirit out, he pours it out. And so that brings us to the question, well, who then has access and how? If God is going to expansively pour out his spirit, how can I get some of that? And in verses 30 through 32, Joel brings us an answer. The prophet Joel writes, And I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. Now this, just so you know, it's judgment language. Right? He's saying that with the pouring out of his spirit and with what God is doing with redemption, it comes with an aspect of judgment. And we have talked about this uh, in the past and have to continue to wrestle through this reality that God's good news oftentimes isn't good for everyone in as much as it involves judgment for evildoers. It involves judgment for those who reject God. It involves judgment for those who run away from him. And that's what the prophet Joel is doing business with here. That uh, with those wonders in the heavens and on earth, you'll see blood and fire and columns of smoke. Old Testament allusions to judgment. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord. That language of almost final reckoning comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion, in Jerusalem, there will be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. 
here Joel is in effect giving, the prophet Joel is unpacking just how God's plan of expanding presence will work and who gets to have access. It's for any who call on the name of the Lord. So in the midst of the judgment that's yet to come, in the midst of the final reckoning, there is hope for any and all by turning in faith to the Lord, calling on the name of the Lord, placing your hope in the Lord for who you are and what will happen and for what you've done. That is what it looks like to call on the name of the Lord. It is to turn in faith. And the prophet Joel, he does a wonderful job throughout his entire book of driving faith uh, before us in a way that makes it real. Religion sometimes, even participating in Liturgy Live this morning, it can sometimes feel like a performative act, right? Like, I'm just going to do this thing because it's going to make me feel a little bit better. I get to maybe connect with some people, and then I'm good. And the danger with that is you can think those religious performative acts somehow make you right with God. But Joel, in his book, presses against that idea. He says, you want that expanded access to God's presence? You want the restoration that God's going to provide? You want his presence in your life? That involves something deeper than just some merely religious performative acts. It involves your heart. And Joel's pretty explicit about that. He uses this language, like if you want to repent, don't just kind of tear your garments, these outer things, this outward sign to just send the right virtue signals to people. Let some change take place on the inside. Let your heart be torn. It's a, a metaphor for us truly connecting in repentance and faith. And that is an unchanged message to how the gospel works in our communities. So that when the Apostle Paul is writing in Romans and he alludes to this very section in the prophet Joel, he is going to play out that same hope that it is for all who call on the name of the Lord. But that involves not performing some sort of religious action, uh, not even over a period of time. What that involves is your own faith turn in your own heart. And so that is our call as participants, as people who have received this expanded access uh, to the Spirit. Now we call upon the name of the Lord. And we remind one another through Liturgy Live, through our confession and assurance, through the songs that we sing, uh, through our prayers, and here through Scripture, that God has poured out His Spirit on His people. And in the weeks ahead, we're going to consider this person, The Holy Spirit is a person, one of the three persons of the triune God. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the Spirit's work in individual lives and in the community as a whole. The way that the Spirit makes us alive through the Spirit's working. How the Spirit's connected to our own spiritual growth, whether that's putting sin to death or whether that's us producing Uh, uh, what's called good fruit in our lives, or how the gifts of the Spirit are given to us. 
So that when Joel was writing, people had this idea in that time that uh, when they thought of the Spirit of God, they oftentimes thought of prophecy. Uh, That is a way of declaring what's going on right now and even what will happen. Uh, And that was how they thought of the Spirit of God working out. But as the pages of Scripture continue to turn, and as we are going to find out in the weeks ahead, it's far more than just prophecy that the Spirit of God is connected to. It involves our own regeneration of our hearts. It involves the production of spiritual vitality and fruit in our lives. It involves the conviction of sin. It involves the gifts of the Spirit that God uses to build up His church. It involves so much more. And so in the weeks ahead, we're going to consider this person and the work of the Spirit as that expanded access is poured out on all who call on the name of the Lord. Join us in the weeks ahead. We continue to look at the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray. Our Father in heaven, I ask that you will help us to not limit access to the Spirit, not add to that access in ways that you haven't designed. But rather, here today, God, I pray that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see the freedom to call on you, to turn in repentance and faith, that that would work out in our lives, here and now. In Jesus' name, amen.